Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. I am your host, James Coe, joined alongside by the merry band of fantasy outfits. Outfits? Outlaws and misfits. It turned into outfits. There you go. It's the Magic Beard of Fantasy. Matt Francisco. Hey, what's hey. up, man? What's going on? <laughs> I'm here. I have, This is a, a, an unknown thing about the podcast. I love your AM radio <laughs> shock jock voice. It's just unreal. Hey, James Cole, how's it going? <laughs> is that what it is? Because it kind of sounds like he belongs in the Mickey Mouse Club. With I, think a bit. Is, I always thought it was a Krusty the Crown. <clears throat> Krusty yeah. the Clown uh, in person. Oh, boy. Good <laughs> it's Maybe it's a mix of all. I all think three. it's a little bit of a little bit of everything. Yep. Uh, we got Alex Gellhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin behind the glass. What's up, man? What's up? MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's cracking? It's Monday. It's Monday. And, of course, it is West Virginia's finest. Matt Harmon, what's up? It's good, man. Fist pound. We just fist pounded. Yeah. It's good radio right there. Cool. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Hey, sign up for NFL Game Pass. I remember this time. NFL.com slash Game Pass to start a free seven-day trial game replays during the regular season. Uh, we all advocate Game Pass here in the Fantasy Stronghold. That's it's right. It's a very cool tool. Very, very cool tool for those of you who like to watch games very condensed. And also that uh, all those different camera angles, man. It's pretty neat. It's pretty good stuff. All right, we got a big-time show in front of us here today. We're going to try to rip and roll through as much content as physically possible. I know last podcast we were on for about four hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you stuck with us, we appreciate you. We're going to try to top it today. Love you guys. <laughs> we're going to get to a Sunday Night Football reaction. We'll give you your top scores from every single position. Uh, we'll give you a very quick uh, Sunday reaction, a Monday Night Preview as well, and then, of course, being Monday, uh, heading into Waiver Wire Tuesday, we'll give you a full list of Alex Gelhar's favorite Waiver Wire targets and chime in there, and, of course, we'll close out the show with Daily Dabs. But first, we start with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. 
because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. So if you were a running back on Sunday, you were treated like the Starks at a red wedding. Wow. Oh. That's pretty good reference for somebody who didn't watch the show. That's when I stopped watching the show. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> that was the reason why I stopped watching. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. The running back position is dead again. Hmm. Didn't, uh, didn't the see position, this coming. The position, <laughs> <laughs> the position group died on Sunday. Uh, Adrian Peterson, torn meniscus, timetable <laughs> unknown. Yep. Uh, it is now time to consider the likes of Jarek McKinnon or Matt Asiata. Here's the thing with Adrian Peterson, torn meniscus. Um, I don't know why they keep trying to say he's going to be back in like two weeks. It's not good. Come on. The guy's 30-some-odd years old. Uh, it's looked like a pretty significant injury. He was out there on a full, like, you know, very uh, extensive cast, crutches. Oh, yeah, he'll be back in two weeks, guys. Well, I think I don't one- think so. I, mean, I don't one, think so. I think, but I think the reason you're hearing it, one, is because what we've seen from Peterson in his career, he has been a medical miracle. Right. How quickly he's able to recover and get back to action. The other part of it is, if there's anything we've learned from Mike Zimmer, at least in this offseason and still far in the – this dude is all about the smokescreen. I mean – True. Mr. I don't True. know. I, I'm not no, – I know who my starter is, but I'm not going to tell you. In fact – I might not even tell the team who my starting quarterback is, <laughs> as though they're not going to figure it out when one guy is getting, getting all, all the reps, reps in yep. practice. But mm. I think this is part of Mike Zimmer's I think plan. it is. Yeah, you're, you're probably right, and I know folks are optimistic about AP, but I'll say this. The same things we're saying about his recovery from injury is the exact same things we were saying about his production level going into 2016, despite um, or after uh, Teddy Bridgewater went down. Oh, well, he's, he's done it before, and he's never had a quarterback anyway and he's still pretty it's a different timetable man I mean he's just an older back he's seen a whole heck of a lot of work and I get it he's you know quote unquote I'm using air quotes here cyborg or whatever not really come on I mean <laughs> the bottom line is he's an aging running back forget about that though from fantasy Jarek McKinnon Matt Asiata who do you guys like I just wanted to add a little more context on this whole situation with Adrian Peterson and Please. just how um I th- we were talking about this before we got up to the podcast like and somebody asked me, like, does Adrian Peterson's absence have anything to do, um, anything to do with, uh, like, does it make Diggs worse off or whatever? We'll talk more about Diggs later for sure. But I was like, no, I don't think it really makes a big difference at all at this point. And the bottom line is, he was straight up not playing well yeah. uh, during the, like so this comes from Graham Barfield uh, who's an analyst for Fantasy Guru and Roto World right. before injuring his knee on Sunday Night Football Adrian Peterson had gained 50 yards on 31 carries this year 64.5% of his attempts had gained two or fewer yards Ooh, I mean just like what so I, I don't really know what like could it be any worse than that I, I know that's always a hard thing to say but I, when we get to the, you know, maybe we should just talk about Diggs now. But, I, I mean, here's the thing. Like, it's different, right, because teams come in with a game plan to stop AP. Right. They don't come in with a game plan to stop Diggs. Yeah. So in that exactly. But moving forward, I think defensive coordinators are going to be thinking about, okay, how do we stop this kid from Maryland? How do we stop Stephon Diggs? Because 180 and a touch against the Packers, against Demarius Randall, who's a nice young corner in this league, I think he absolutely arrived on Sunday night. And we've been talking about him even going into last season. We saw the potential, and holy cow, did he put it together. Um, 
Gosh, I, I, I still want to save that for our Sunday Night Football reaction. Yeah, we can, so we can save it. We'll get to it. That. All right, so back, Jer- Jarek McKinnon or Matt Asiata? I think McKinnon's the, the choice here because he's the more natural athlete. He's a great – he's a good pass catcher as well. And while Asiata back in 2014 when Peterson had a suspension overall had more touches and stuff, this was from uh, a friend on Twitter, Phil TWR, who I think is a writer for uh, football guys too. Correct. Um, but he had a good tweet that uh, from week 6 to 12 when McKinnon had more established himself with the coaching staff, he actually had 60 more rush attempts and averaged 2.5 more yards per carry than Asiata. Asiata still got the touchdowns, but right. I think McKinnon with his his natural ability out of the shotgun and stuff and, and his be, having speed and agility will fit better with what the offense wants to do with Sam Bradford under center. The early indications are that it could be like a 60-40 split uh, and, and maybe even 50-50. Uh, just considering everything uh, between McKinnon and Asiata. Uh, I'm a little bit – there's not going to be somebody in this room that likes McKinnon more than me. I love McKinnon. I love uh, all of the uh, natural attributes that he has. But he is a converted quarterback, um, and, and I am a little bit worried about the offense. And also, if they get close, maybe they take him off the field, and that that'd be kind of a bummer. I think it's important to remember, too, you talk about him being a converted quarterback. Like, during that 2014 season, that was really like his year. first true yeah. year as a, as a right. running back, even in the yeah. NFL. So, I mean, it could just be a situation where we're worried about that, but then McKinnon gets on the field in his third pro season, and they're right. like, oh, this guy's too good to take off the field, which, honestly, I know this like kind of sounds like a hot take, but I think McKinnon might be better for the offense than Adrian Peterson right now. Whoa! I, I That's a hot think, take. I don't think it's that hot. I don't really think it's that hot. I don't because, think it's that hot. Well, because, That's a hot take. <laughs> I mean, Come on. I know it sounds hot on the surface, but Peterson is a limited two-down runner at this point, and McKinnon theoretically should be able to stay on the field for all three downs. And I, I think that point there is the one that a lot of people are having a hard time wrapping their heads around. Adrian Peterson's a two-down back in this offense. Right. He is. Yeah. And it was, like that, it was like that last year. We saw him come off the field on third downs, and it was either McKinnon or Asiata. He doesn't mesh well with working out of the shotgun, which I know they want to do a lot of in this offense. He just, I think, I think everybody looks at what he did over his career, understandably, and yeah. it's hard to imagine that a guy who has been so productive for so long is now a two-down. I want to get on board, but that's a hot. Take, I don't know. Guys. I mean, that is a hot. Take. The thing is, the Come on. the writing is kind of on the wall. I mean, we had Lance Zerline, our great uh, draft prospect evaluator, yeah. do a piece for us on how offensive Tape line grinder, play. Man. Uh, could impact fantasy running backs this year, and he noted that there's been a steady decline in the amount of yardage after first contract that Adrian Peterson gains and creates for himself in recent years. He's just not that same runner that we're used to ripping off, you know, 300-yard games. So I I agree with Harmon, like, especially behind an offensive line that is this bad that, like, he was getting blown up in the backfield and he didn't have the agility to to shift through the interior. Or the power or whatever it is. The interior of their line was just getting worked by Mike Daniels and company, but McKinnon's the type of guy that could be able to make that first guy miss a little more and and create and add dynamism through the air. It's a game plan thing, too. Like, when you see the two down back in the backfield when you're a defense, you're like, this is a run play, or if they throw it to Peterson, we're just going to pop him on the flat and bring him down on, like, on first contact, like you're saying. And that's what the Titans did in week one to Peterson when he couldn't do anything. They just just knew it was going to him, and they stacked the box, and that was it. It's what the two teams have done to the Rams in the first first week, too, yeah. Anyone think that Asiata's a a better or safer play? I think... I think McKinnon's touchdown upside is limited here because when they get in close, they're going to give it to Asiata because he's got the the power. Yeah, and then they also have he's a big boy. He's a he's a big big guy, and we talked about 2014 when Peterson missed almost the whole season. Asiata dominated red zone touches with 34 for the year to McKinnon's eight, and yeah, McKinnon was a rookie then and all that, but 
I just don't think they'll use McKinnon in those goal line situations. And they have guys like Kyle Rudolph they can throw to in those situations too. So Good point. All right, Danny Woodhead, torn ACL, done for the season. No. Yep. <laughs> I, no, I liked, I liked collective the, side. I like the listener who asked us, when is the podcast going to be up today? And we answered, he's like, you know, I would have respected if you guys had just wanted to take the day off. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. there, there, were, right. there were grief counselors available in the stronghold. Uh, what do we do? Uh, I mean, Melvin Gordon obviously gets a boost here uh, yeah, because huge. it's just it's his backfield. And there's nobody else here. Uh, I don't even know who the ba- who's the backup. It's Kenneth Farrow right now. Kenneth Und- Farrow? He's a rookie. Yeah. Uh, I think he was an undrafted guy. They lost Brandon Oliver in the preseason. Um, That's right. Andre Williams is there, but we're not going to talk about him anymore. That's already more time than he should have had on this podcast. And word on the street is that they're going to look to add a veteran, and Ken Wesenhunt's boy, Dexter McCluster, is currently a free agent. So ah. it's something to watch. But until then, I think Gordon gets a huge boost because he will be he can catch passes. We saw him do it at Wisconsin. We've seen him do it here. Yep. So he's going to get some of that extra passing down work, assuming he just doesn't die from all the volume. Ah, the Chargers' offense, man. Dude, it's unreal. I know. It's so sad. It's back-to-back years, too. Yeah. I, I just I don't understand it. I don't. And I it, it's awful. Especially when you see guys like Philip Rivers and Antonio yeah. Gates, and you know that window is closing for them really soon. And to see them, you know, keep losing key pieces. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's hard. You see injuries like this too, and you truly appreciate what Antonio Gates and Philip Rivers have been able to do. Yeah, I mean, just stay out there on the field. They're just always there. They're always available. It's it's really really incredible. But yeah, for I mean, for the immediate future, uh, you know, the there a few more targets are going to open up, and we saw them. I, I think it happened because Danny Wood had his injury relatively quickly in that game. Right. They started running a lot more of those crossing patterns yep. to both Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Tyrell Williams. They each scored on one. Williams was the more impressive of the two because it was a 44 yarder, but. Those two guys could see a little uptick in targets like that, and they're both fast enough and athletic enough to make the most of them. It's a very good point. I love that crossing route that they're running there in San Diego too. They're using, the, they're fully utilizing that speed because what I think is so smart, right, is the fact that Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams, to a lesser degree, but they both got speed. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you fully? Everyone thinks about using speed vertically. But, hey, listen, the football field's pretty wide, too, and, and that's how they're utilizing some of that speed as well. I, yep. I think they're doing a really great job uh, trying to game plan around their injuries right now, so that's pretty good. In Tampa Bay, Doug Martin, uh, he's got a hamstring issue. He left the game in the second quarter Sunday. He's going to get an MRI Tuesday, reportedly. Uh, Charles Sims, the coaching staff, says, hey, they, they believe in, in Chuck Sims uh, as a starter. I know the fantasy strong – I mean, this is, you know, putting it lightly, the fantasy stronghold likes them. Some Charles Sims. We do. We absolutely yeah, like Chuck. I mean, he was a guy that we talked about in the preseason. Like, yep. he wasn't a handcuff. No, he had standalone no. value. And he was a draft pick. Right. right you know? Right. So, uh, I, looked, I went back and looked, and last year he had approximately half the number of touches that Doug Martin got. Only scored 70 fewer fantasy points, which when you look at the volume that he got compared to the starter, right. that's not – a huge gap, all things considered. I mean, Charles Simmons was like a top 25 fantasy back. So yeah. if he can get volume, I-, I love the guy. I mean, re- receiving points are worth – like re- points from a reception are worth more than uh, than a, a rushing point at this point because it's just easier to collect more yards. That's why he is so close to Martin just pace-wise stats. But, I mean, the Bucks have an interesting schedule coming up. They play the Rams – uh, and Broncos at home, and then they go to the Panthers and then the 49ers the two weeks after that. But 
those are some might be some tough matchups. It's not like Sims is going to be a locked in top ten play, but he's certainly a top twenty running back. I mean, you mentioned in the preseason we liked him. This is exactly the reason that we liked his upside. While his usable floor was good for you know zero RB teams or whatever, this is why you also take a guy like this who now is suddenly you know a fringe RB one at least high end RB two. Would you try to trade for him? Mm, I don't know. I, I think you wait to see how long Martin's going to be out before you. Start doing that. All right. Arian Foster left Sunday's game versus the Pats with a growing injury. Um, <clears throat> right now, I, I don't know what to make of the backup running back situation there in Miami. Me neither. Uh, you would th- – I mean, Jay Ajayi is there. It's a mess. Uh, you would think that he's the guy. He came no. in. He maybe. Came, no, he, I, don't, I don't believe that at all. He, no. came in, he came in first, got a handful of touches, then also fumbled. Lost and they the started fumble. rotating Kenyon Drake. In. I, I know they were rotating in Kenyon Drake. Um, we, and, and Drake is there, but his skill set just screams pass catching back. Yeah, he's not a power type guy. He's not a great between the tackles runner either. He needs more. They, I, you know, he needs more space to operate. I mean, and I'm, is it Damian Williams? I think I think it's Isaiah a, P. I too. think is Damian Williams. <laughs> I think oh Damian Williams is a guy to watch. I mean, I think it's like Marcus was saying. It's not Jay Ajayi because he's Armando Salguro from the Miami Herald wrote a really good piece uh, a couple of days ago called "The Dolphins' Grand Offseason Plans for Parker and Jay Ajayi Collapsed." And essentially, it details in there just how much Ajayi just threw up all over his shoes yeah. with with when they added Foster, and he didn't take it well, and you know pouted and this, that, and the other, and that he's just really turned himself off from the team. And that I mean, they made that straight up apparent when they didn't. They even, left him at home. They didn't even fly him to the, the <laughs> week one game. <laughs> so clearly, I think I wouldn't even be yeah. surprised if we see him like traded before the trade deadline to a team that might need a depth running back, just because interesting he's fallen so far out of favor with the Miami coaching staff. Ooh, so did he get traded to? San Diego? That's interesting. That, that actually would be interesting. I, I don't know. They but don't need a back like him, though. That's true. But it, they need depth. I mean, people – I'm not saying somebody's trading for him to be a starter. I think that ship has sailed. I think somebody yeah. would just be looking for depth. But I, I don't know. That's the. I don't think there is an easy answer. I think this team's just going to be throwing a lot. But it's worth taking a shot. That's why I put – Ajayi's still pretty well owned. I know a lot of people were jumping ship after yeah. all this news and stuff. But Drake's a guy worth taking a shot on because, yeah. you know, just his upside, his speed. He's the kind of guy, too, that – he has the game-changing athleticism where he can give you a usable floor on limited touches. Was he the third or fourth running back taken in the draft? Third, I think. I think he was Wait, was third. Procise third? I can't remember now. I can't remember either. But anyways, point <laughs> point is, like they, the Dolphins thought very highly of him, obviously. Exactly. All right, Jonathan Stewart out now with a hamstring for at least a week or two. That, according to head coach Ron Rivera. Um, it's just me, or it seemed like there's a lot of running back injuries. <laughs> Quite a few running back injuries. <laughs> oh. uh, shocking. Jonathan Stewart's injured. Uh-oh. Hate, Uh-oh. Hate, 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 Where hate, is my hate. tea that I can sip? <laughs> hate, 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 Where is my hate. tea that I can sip right damn oh, now? Geez. <laughs> All right. Uh, Look, Get it out. Uh, Cameron Payne has been inactive, but Ron Rivera himself actually hinted that Cappy might possibly be the guy. Here's the, He's going to be in that rotation. Yes. Yeah. I know a lot of folks think it's going to be Fonzie Whitaker because he's the one that got uh, the load when Jonathan Stewart came out. Right. But uh, Cameron Payne was inactive because he doesn't play special teams. We've seen this with the with the Patriots before where they make guys inactive, but then they take guys uh, off the practice squad practically and turn them into starters because of their skill set. Is Cameron Hart's Payne that guy? 
Is it Fozzie? Is it Cameron on a span? Who is it? I think it's a confusing committee that's not going to be anything. Like, one of these guys is going to have a big game. You're not going to be able to tell who it is. And then they're going to get close, and Cam Newton's going to get a rushing touchdown. And you're going <laughs> to throw your hands up and say, Welp. Anybody? I, d- I just don't want any anything to do with any of these guys. It's just too too unpredictable. Will anyone stake for anyone here? I'll take a speculative ad on Whitaker because I think he'll be the pass catcher of these two options. Now, it, Cam Newton's a running quarterback, and I don't think I think there's pretty good evidence to show that running quarterbacks don't throw, throw to their, right. to their running back a lot because they'll just take off if they get to that point in the progression. But at the same time, he'll be the pass catcher. He did look pretty good on Sunday. I think he had 131 total yards. Yes. So it was it was an impressive showing for him. I've always like for no real reason thought that he was a pretty good player. Again, I, I legitimately don't have a good reason. <laughs> oh, you, for that, but you have no take even, other than I like I've seen him play and I've been like, oh, he looks oh, pretty yeah. good. Okay. Like that's a cool thing. And he, maybe it's just a name to be honest with you. But either way, I think he's worth an ad. I just don't think Cameron Artis Payne's that good. Like I don't, and I, I don't think he's that good, and I don't think the opportunity is that great. Like he's basically bootleg Jonathan Stewart, and we've already talked about how that's not even that great of a role, anyways. Agreed. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne did see uh, over fifty-four percent of the opportunities, targets, and carries from week fifteen to seventeen, but he only he averaged nine fantasy points a game on the back of like one touchdown. He had a couple ugly games in that stretch as well. But so you're saying he averaged nine a game? Last he averaged year, nine yeah. a game last year from week that's good. fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, but there it wasn't. Great. It was like he it's he barely got there. Bruh, if you're telling me that I could get nine a game from Cappy, that but would be amazing. What were his actual it was game like, by game points? It was totals. like nine points, five points, and twelve. Yeah. So he got the one okay. boost with the touchdown. So it would like you said, he's bootleg Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> and he's and he's going to lose work to Fozzie Whitaker because uh-huh. Jonathan Stewart at least commands a larger share of the backfield opportunities when he's it's in true. unhealthy. So both guys should probably get added just in case yeah. uh Stewart's injuries linger, but I'm not going to feel confident trotting either out against Minnesota in Week Three. Yeah. I wouldn't spend nope. a high waiver wire priority on Cappy, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at him. They would be they would be behind. Um, they would be behind to me. Obviously, if Charles Sims is out there, that's fine. Yeah. But like, I think from all these backup situations, the only ones that are probably out there on the waiver wire, are like Detroit's running backs. Yeah, I would rather take a stab at like Dwayne Washington, who yeah. is the speculative upside, rather than uh, than trying any man. of these guys. Yeah. All right, Amir Abdullah was uh, seen leaving the game in a walking boot. Reportedly has a left foot sprain. That, according to Dave Burkett, one of the best in the business of the Detroit Free Press, is it all theoretic all the time? No, I mean, because as Harmon mentioned, there's Dwayne Washington, who is going to be cursed by fantasy owners everywhere when he vultures touchdowns away. Like I, At the start of the right. year, I thought that guy was going to be Zach Zinner. Right. It appears that it's going to be Dwayne Washington. I just want to make sure Washington's I have... Washington's been running well. I just want to make sure I have the name right for whoever I need to yell at whenever they take away my touchdown. From Theoretic. From Theoretic, from <laughs> from Matthew Stafford throwing a short one to Eric Ebron okay. or Marvin Jones. Whatever. Just, I just want to know who I need to be upset with. But Wayne Washington, I, I think of any of these guys could be the – the, uh, uh, the early down running back. Like, I don't think there's any scenario where Theo Riddick is going to take early down carries. Even no. the, he'll stay in his pass catching role. He'll pretty much be what he is. Ooh, but Washington, I don't know if I agree with that. They you don't like, think so? They like Theo Riddick a lot. They also like Dwayne Washington. I think they uh, for, for to rise him up the dra- up the ranks from the undrafted to, to beat out Zach Zenner apparently for the third back. You know they want to yeah. have a big power back around the end zone, and this is an offense that is moving the ball well. They'll be in scoring position. Uh, and he's got some intriguing athletic attributes to him too. I and I thought he was damn impressive in the preseason too. Yeah, so agreed. I, I want to take a shot on this agreed. guy in case Abdullah's 
injuries Which are serious. He, and he's going to see another specialist. At That's first right. it was encouraging, yeah. and now – He's other- going to James and Dr. James Andrews. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't no, 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 no. It was a oh, different one. Because he's like, the, you know, the reaper. For if, yeah, say so if you're seeing Dr. James Andrews, yeah, that's bad news. Yeah, it was, it was not James Andrews, but he was seeing a different specialist, which is disheartening. But I'm with you. I think Theo Riddick will get some early down work, but they're not going to give all of it to him. They probably they would want to give a majority to somebody else because Theo Riddick just isn't a great between-the-tackles runner, even though they're trying to get him to be better at it. So whenever he's right. on the field, it's not a red, a red alert that is a passing down. Washington ran a 4-4-4. A 40-yard dash, 37-inch vertical, 10.7 broad jump. I mean, this is a really guy that, good. you know, that's, that's impressive stuff. This, yeah, is, this is an athlete at the running back Because how big is he? Because 220. Exactly. He's a big boy, and he, he, he can move. So, I mean, if anybody is going to come in and steal a feature back role, you know, not feature back, he won't take theoretics passing down job. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I think this – and this is exactly why – Do you think it's at least fair to say that um, – and this is, my, this is my assertion – is that theoretic will be the between-the-20s guy – and the passing down guy. I think when they brought in Dwayne Washington and what we've seen thus far preseason and in regular season too, he's maybe it's his knowledge of the playbook. I don't know what it is, but he runs very limited plays. It's very much power, yeah. and it's very close to the goal line. Yeah. I haven't really seen him do too much of the, the, the shouldering the load between the 20s is what I'm saying. Well, he's raw, but I think – and I think that's a fair criticism. Uh, he only had 47 carries his final year at college, uh, six, six yards carry average. But at, at the same time, so he's probably a limited guy that's not going to run the play. But I think that if he could be the between the 20s runner because yeah. he's got that build. Theoretic is just not a good – Running, you know, quote unquote, running, running back. back yeah, yeah. You know, from what you would, from what you would say. I mean, he's a, r- such a funny designation right. for a guy that plays running for back. running back. But he's a really good <laughs> player for what they ask him no, to absolutely. do. Right. So I mean, listen, I think a lot of, I don't think anybody's going to be talking about him. You know, major media places like I don't even know if we've talked about him that much at Dwayne all. Washington. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I you're think, right. You know, we're, people will be talking about what do we do with these Carolina backs? Do I pick up Kenyon Drake or Jay Ajayi? I think this is the guy I'm going to be targeting before any of them. That's interesting stuff. I like it. Uh, how about Thomas Rawls? Speaking of tea lizards and mm-hmm. sipping tea, hey there, Matt Franciscovich. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey there, Matt Franciscovich. I love Harmon. the I smug, just... satisfied look on his face <laughs> right now. My tea is steeping over here. Steam <laughs> coming off. Thomas Rawls got kicked in the leg, suffered a leg contusion. <laughs> uh, it's not considered to be a serious injury, but uh, Seawoke shares still going. Seawoke! Strong. By the way, He's just awakened. a little, little, little behind the scenes for the listeners out yes. there. In the rundown, in giant red, all caps, bold, underlined letters, uh-huh, it yep. says, Harmon, you were wrong. Which, wrong! Which, this is a bunch of BS. Like, <laughs> Don't paint we me. We need to find the tape from last week when you said Seawoke uh, is not playable. I didn't, well, he wasn't playable going into the game. You were wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fine. You're right. That's so, the only one of us to ever be wrong. Yeah. Right. For one, none of, none of you idiots have ever ever been wrong. Nope. About nope. And it's it's Correct. easy to look back on Sunday uh, on Monday and be like, oh well, of course this guy was playable. You know but what? Did you start Danny Amendola in your fantasy league? Hey, you know what? You were lucky that Thomas Rawls got injured and taken out because he was on pace for negative. You're an idiot. <laughs> All <laughs> case for negative forty yards, <laughs> and we know that's how it was going to go. Well, that's obviously. exactly how it was going to go. You your first lucky. quarter, everybody knows that in football, your first quarter stats become extrapolated. Of course, th- th- absolutely. Th- th- next three quarters, uh, obviously, that's just math. Just math. That's, yeah. But yes. listen, I mean, I'm I don't Look I don't want I don't want to get painted in as like this Thomas Rawls <laughs> truther or whatever, just so we can vault up rightly vault up franchise for. And I'm yeah. on your side here on on Wednesday when when I like when 
people were coming at you left and right about Kristen Michael. I was like, you never even – I was defending you. I was on your side, and I was praising you for the your great tweet this morning, and here I am now being accosted. This is ridiculous. What did you say? I couldn't hear. I was gulping my tea. <laughs> uh, look, anyways, back to a little fantasy stuff. I think this is, is good news for anybody that's held on to Christian, Kristen Michael because yeah. – this offense is going to need to try and run the ball more, and he's far and away their most effective running back. So uh, it's still a little dicey with how poor the Seattle offense has been. They've only scored one touchdown Ugh. so far in two games. The O-line is so bad. The Rams, bad. The Rams aspire to that, though. Yeah, I, yes, we, we were aware. But uh, we were really? expecting better of Seattle's. But hopefully they start to, to funnel it through their, their better playmakers. And Christian Michael is one of the only healthy ones right now because Baldwin and Lockett are both banged up. Yeah, they're He's, both banged up. They both came back. Uh, they both left the game uh, momentarily or briefly. Both came back. Uh, I think the MRI or something on uh, Doug Baldwin came back. Negative. Negative. So he's good. Um, I shouldn't say good, but I mean he's relatively healthy for football standards, anyways. Right. So we shall see. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo sprained AC joint. That's his uh, throwing shoulder there, according to Mike Garofolo. Want to get that name right? Mike Garofolo here, NFL Media uh, Insider. Patriots are hopeful he can return Week Four. Unlikely, but that's okay. Um, but it doesn't matter because Tom Brady's going to be back. So who right. cares? Right. Uh, I guess really what it comes down to, though, here in week three, how does it impact the, the skill position, guys? Like, I feel like Julian Edelman's uh, cannot be played. I'm worried about any of the, the pass catchers in the offense. Uh, you know, Maybe guys who work out of the slot, so maybe you're looking at an Amendola or somebody like that, maybe an Edelman, where you have a lot of short throws. But the idea that Jacoby Brissett is starting – in a short week, short week against uh, the Texans, against yeah. the Texans defense, Houston, that obviously you know certainly you're not touching Brissett, but it makes me very worried about the guys catching the ball. And I think this goes back to Harmon, who has apparently become the Legarrette Blunt whisperer. Yeah, dude, uh, he's about the only one I would seriously consider starting. So let me go to Matt Harmon here. Would you start Legarrette? This feels like a James White game. I think theoretically, if the quarterback position was right then it might be because typically you want to play LeGarrette Blunt. And this is what I talked about in the piece last week and what I was talking about on Twitter on, on Sundays. You want to play LeGarrette Blunt in games where you expect the Patriots to win big. Over his last 40 games with the Patriots, 21 of them, the Patriots have won by six points, and Blunt has averaged 15 carries for seven, over 70 yards and a touchdown in those games. Those are the games you're looking to play LeGarrette Blunt. This doesn't really feel like you said that kind of game, but at the same time, they're riding Blunt. I mean, yeah. the Arizona wasn't a game either where you'd theoretically expect to play LeGarrette Blunt, mm, but you exactly. got a touchdown out of him. You got 22 carries. He had 29 carries against the Dolphins. That was a, an ideal Blunt matchup. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm probably going to say to roll him out and play him. You know, it's it's a – are they on the – it's at home though, right? Yeah, it's at, at home. New England. It's at Foxborough. So, again, I think home team Thursday night, that typically favors them anyways. I think that even though the quarterback position is so tenuous for New England right now, right. you know, it is the Patriots, and, and I don't think they're going to go in and just get – like they're going to have the Texans come into their stadium and, and embarrass them on a short week. Um, I think that they'll still this game will still be competitive enough, or New England could theoretically win, and I think that makes Blunt still a very playable option because there he seems to be the focal point of their offense right now with the quarterback position unsettled. Hundred uh, percent. Jimmy Garoppolo and Insta Drop. Who owned him? 
<laughs> That's that oh, one. really? I, yeah, he was actually uh, relatively highly owned, actually, as far as quarter, backup quarterbacks go because he was playing so well. He, That's okay. he was great on Sunday. Oh, he was. Passes. It was lighting he it up. Right? He was gate. great. Uh, Josh McCown has been ruled out this week with a bad shoulder. He wow. got just crushed in he, that game. He was getting blasted left blasted and right. Blasted over and over again. You want to talk about toughness, man. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he was able to stay in that game and do what he did, man, it was impressive. But uh, Cody Kessler tabbed to be the starter, and, oh, it's, and it couldn't come at a worse time because Corey Coleman, Isaiah Crowell, and even Barnage to a lesser degree really came out, and, and the offense looked so much more stable with Josh McCown under center. Yeah. Um, what do we do now with those trio of guys? Because Cody Kessler's not fantasy relevant, but considering that Cody Kessler and the reports, by the way, the reports of Cody Kessler uh, have not been good. No. FYI. I mean, he looked good playing with the third and fourth teamers in the preseason. Uh, I mean, for whatever that's worth. I don't think, I don't think if I have any Browns, I'm going to be starting them this week. Wow. I mean, how do you sit Corey Coleman? How do you sit Isaiah Crowell against the Dolphins? Well, the the Browns' starting center, Cameron Irving, also got hurt in it's this true. game. But Cur- uh, Irving kind of sucks. He's expected to be out at least a month. Yeah, but he's still, still starting center. They're, 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 taking, starting their, they're center. taking their guard and putting him to center now. It's a domino I, effect I, I, in the I know, line. And Ooh. while, like, you know, my it, it is Miami, they still have a lot of talented players on the defensive line. They're playing at home. They've lost two close games. Like, I mean, It's a stupid narrative, but they're going to be – you know, angry. They've lost two close games, and now they're getting Cody Kessler in their home stadium. Yeah, I don't want any of this. Like, yeah, why, you say, how can you not start? How can you get away from Isaiah Crowell? Like, what if they get down? You know, seventeen to zero in the first quarter. They're like, not even hardly playing Duke Johnson, though. I know. I mean, I think he's basically a drop at this point. Whoa! I think he had uh, last week. He had six touches. I think this week he had like seven or something. Yeah, it's not. A, I don't know. I mean, I the think volume's just not there for Duke. The volume's not there, and this wasn't like a great. G- game script either I know he got up by the 85 yard run like neither one of these ones have been necessarily the game script where you'd expect Corral to be the guy but right, right. it hasn't seemed like it's that kind of split uh, also his run uh, his long run for touchdown oh my gosh so that was, that was, that was nice. nice I thought he said nice man are, by the way nice. are we potentially one big hit away from Terrell Pryor playing quarterback is that true dude I hope not because he's looked so good at wide receiver I don't know I'm asking I don't know I mean they, I think they asked Hugh Jackson about that. But I mean, I would I'm not going to lie; that'd be interesting. It would be, it would be pretty interesting. It'd be fun to watch. But let's stick to more fantasy relevant topics. <laughs> we are already running long on this show, and I don't want it to turn I, into a four. Um, can I, can I say this about Corey Coleman though? Should you, considering the gigantic game that he had, is he not a prime sell high candidate? I, I wouldn't. I still believe, and I think you know, McCown's not done for the year, at least. We don't believe so. He's going to be gone for a couple of weeks, minimal, man. Yeah. But I still think when he comes back that there's still value there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, maybe as long as I have the space on my roster to be patient and I have the depth at wide receiver to be patient, I'd like to hold on to him. I, I mean, maybe it's worth exploring. The other thing is Josh Gordon's coming back in a couple of weeks too, True. which could take some volume away from Coleman. Who knows if Gordon will be relevant with uh, these – Backup quarterbacks in, like, I don't know what's going on. Much here. like he was in 2013 when it was a bunch of bum quarterbacks. Oh, there you go. Oh, Sunday night football reaction. Two games in, the Packers offense still looks muddled, man. I mean, the thought was that Jordy was going to come in and, and everyone would kind of slot into their role yeah. a lot nicer. Just hasn't been the case. Um, I mean, quite frankly, look, nobody likes Aaron Rodgers more than me. I mean, maybe, maybe Alex Gellhart does, but... <laughs> 
Uh, but I'll maybe. say <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right, but here's the, the bottom line: is this right? Like on offense, he's just looking for bailout balls. He's looking, 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 and then just chucking it. I, I don't, I don't see a difference in this year's offense from last year's offense where he was doing the exact same damn thing. There's not, and it's really frustrating to me having watched this because you had hoped that that was partly a product of the lack of Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb being injured, Adams being injured, all those things were mounting to that. But from the outset last night, and even against Jacksonville, Rodgers has looked skittish in the pocket. He's not setting his feet. He just flat out missed like six throws last night, which is un Aaron Rodgers like. I mean, we, so at least at the beginning of last year too. Like Har- even Harmon and I were laughing on the couch watching that Chiefs game because he was just dropping dimes all over the field. There was not one dime dropped la- last night, or really that much so far this season. So it has me very, it has me very concerned from a fantasy perspective until they iron some of this stuff out. That's not to say they can't, because this Packers offense with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers has taken its licks at time throughout the year. Like even their Super Bowl year, 2010, the first couple of years of the season, they barely scored any points. Uh, they lost all these people to injuries. They shifted the offense. Kaboom! Explo- they exploded. So until that happens, though, it pushes Cobb down like. I don't know if you can really trust him at starting on a weekly basis. Jordy's like right. the only one just because Rodgers is still hammering him with targets when he's not. Especially in the red zone. Yeah. When he's not throwing seven a game to Devontae Adams. Oh Why my is he God. throwing to Devontae? Only bad things have happened. Ted, Ted. When he's throwing to Devontae, I don't understand. Ted and the boys are trying so hard to die on bad take hill with Devontae Adams. Just like, God, stop. Week one, 199 yards for Aaron Rodgers. Week two, 212. Now, against the Vikings, you can kind of understand. Yeah. Mike Zimmer's uh, always had his goat. We even talked about that I on agree. Friday's podcast. Um, but the the thing that's very weird about these Aaron Rodgers games, though, 59% completion percentage in week one and 55% in week two, that's Almost shocking for a guy who has a career completion percentage pushing 70%. Well, it's, it's stemming from everything. He's he's not being accurate downfield right now, and they're not doing anything. Like, the Packers used to be yak monsters after the, you know with yards after the catch, and they're not. What's crazy to his, his yards per attempt, Rodgers has dropped. Uh, his career is eight yards per attempt. In 2016 right now, it's 5.9. It's unbelievable. And our Adam Harstead is another football writer from uh, – who's a good follow at Adam Harstead on Twitter too, a football guy's writer – said that games below seven yards per attempt from 2011 to 2014, Rodgers had 10 in 56 games. From 2015 to 2016, he's had 10 in 18. So there are problems with this offense, and a lot of it starts with Aaron Rodgers. All right, so what? I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers is, is moving down, uh, and, and quite frankly, in terms of quarterback rankings, everyone loved Aaron Rodgers coming into the season there was I mean I I would say the majority of folks despite what Cam Newton did last year I would say a a majority of fantasy analysts had Aaron Rodgers number one I did I did yeah I did me too where do you have him now I mean is he I I hate to say it is he a matchup guy no no he's still a low-end quarterback one but this is the case where even when it was bad matchups it's still dial in Rodgers as a starter you know the question was put last was posed last week Derek Carr Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr ended up being the better play so there's I think in the very preliminary week rankings for this week, I have Rodgers somewhere from like 5 to 10. Is he a top five guy? At the end of the year or right now? No, right now. Because here's the thing. You say he's a low-end quarterback one. Hey, here's here's the thing, man. If you're a low-end quarterback one, you're, you're a matchup you're re- guy. You're replaceable. Exactly. You are replaceable. That's, that's the question I'm asking, and that's why I know it seems kind of out of left field because we're talking about Aaron Rodgers for God's sakes. Here's here's what I would say. I would say I would say with that yes he is a matchup based guy right now and like I would not be 
feeling great about starting him on the road against Carolina, even though Carolina's defense has not been that good in the first two weeks. Quite frankly, they're breaking in a bunch of rookies in the secondary. They, they, they're I think he's. Rushing. I think he's. Yeah, they're not facing like, Carolina. Yeah, I'm looking at the Vikings. That's right. not for a while. He's yeah, got. He's, he's got. An idiot. He's, he's at home. I think he's got four straight home games. Okay. Like well, the Lions. Just he's del- got the Lions, just, which, which right. is actually a favorable match. I was looking at the wrong team. The Vikings play the Panthers. Just delete this entire part of the podcast. Even so, like, it's not. It may still makes me nervous. That actually is a much better game. So, oh God, what a waste! I just wasted every time, everybody's time with with my terrible I mean, talk on the podcast. But my point on all this is, I think he's a low end quarterback one right now, matchup type of guy. But this could get right at any point. That's true. the thing. Exactly. I think you know, it's true. He, he could go out and have a blowout game and a shootout against the Lions right now, who are also right. playing very well on offense. It wouldn't surprise me. Jordy Nelson did see eleven targets. He played ninety six percent of the snaps. This past week, which was much more than he did in week one, so he's kind of getting right. Maybe it's just taking did, a little they longer. They did target him downfield. Rodgers just wasn't that accurate on those throws. There were a couple right. up the yeah. sideline, and they did a couple of those shot plays that they wanted. Rodgers wasn't good, and this, the entire game was off script. Um, it wasn't such a disaster in week one. It just wasn't great. No. Um, I don't know. It's, it's still relying a lot on Rodgers' improvisational ability, but, I mean, to me, I think that we're we're definitely – Kind of in a wait. And, I would say we're in a wait and see mode. Here, here's right here's now. the nice thing with Rodgers is there's this game against the Lions. They go into their bye, come out Sunday night football against the Giants. Not the greatest matchup, but then Cowboys, Bears, Falcons, Colts, Titans. It's pretty good. Skins, Eagles. It's pretty good. So maybe it's a he's good a, run for yeah. that offense and him to get right. It's maybe he's a buy low. Could be could be a buy low candidate right now. If somebody's panicking because. Yeah, between his division and the N- or the AFC South, there's not a ton of elite secondaries amongst those uh, those units right now. I like that advice. I like that advice a lot. All right, <clears throat> how about Eddie Lacy though? Um, he's better, um, certainly, but from a fantasy perspective, I don't. Is he trustworthy at all? No. Fifty yards on Sunday, uh, and again, look, I get that he's running the ball better in real life. Yes. Yes. But in fantasy, he's not getting looks. He needs touchdowns. Well, I think this also goes back to though the quarterback play. Yeah, and yeah. the way it seems to be a recurring theme this year. <laughs> you know, going back to week one, and you know, I credit Harmon for being the first one, at least in this group, to bring it up that quarterback play, good or bad, has correlated to productive running back play. I mean, we saw we've seen it with Adrian Peterson, we've seen it with Todd Gurley, and to some extent, we're seeing it with Eddie Lacy. That as long as the quarterback for whatever team is having a hard time connecting downfield, then it gets a lot easier to slow down the run. And it's also hard to get rushing attempts when your team keeps going three and out. I was going to say, well. well, it's it's almost even more so about just the correlation to good offenses. And I don't think Lacey has one at all right now with with this offense. No. He's had 12 and 14 rush attempts. The big appeal of Eddie Lacey was he's a big volume back on a high-scoring offense. This is not a high-scoring offense right now. They're not getting into the red zone. They're not, right. have, not giving him chances at the goal line. And, you know, they've also pulled him plenty of times for James Starks, too. Right. I don't think the Packers – want him to be the feature back anymore. And quite frankly, I don't think he deserves to be like a feature back. He's better than what we saw last year, but he's not what we saw in 2013, 2014. He's just like a – he's a fine back right now. He's all right. Galhar, agree with that assessment or no? 
I, I think, yeah, they do, they're definitely going to roll, rotate Starks in. They kind of always have. This game got off script for them, and they needed to... Starks is a little bit better in the hurry up there just because he is lighter and Lacey has asthma and stuff like that. But so in other games, but like, you know, we saw him post a, a solid floor in week one in the game that was that featured a lot more offense. But until this offense gets right, I mean, Lacey's like at best a flex play. Stefan Diggs has absolutely arrived. We, we knew about what he could do, but the fact that in this offseason they started moving him around uh, at different wide receiver positions, it's changed his game completely. And he looks free. Uh, he looks explosive out there. I, I mean, I was so impressed by what I saw Sunday night. I was impressed by what I saw week one, too, um, considering at Sean Hill at quarterback and still racked up more than 100 yards. Right. But in week two now, uh, again, uh, against uh, a wide variety. I, I know Sam Shields wasn't there or whatever, but Damaris Randall, a, a great young corner in this league. Um, and Diggs was just unstoppable. He was just unstoppable. He looked awesome uh, on Sunday night. Yeah. I, oh, my God. He's so good. It's I, I tweeted right before the game. I was like, this is going to be the moment when everybody knows how good Stefan Diggs is. And sure enough, he blew out that game. He's played 28% of his snaps at left wide receiver, 24% of his snaps at right wide receiver, 28% of his snaps in the slot. So you're right. He is moving around all over the field. But, I mean, he's just unstoppable right now. You can't cover that guy. He was dusting the Packers secondary for a wide variety of routes. I tweeted out his next-gen stats route chart if you want to go and see just how he's being used all over the field. I mean, this is this was a true breakout moment. Yep. I mean, with without a doubt. And I, I'm probably going to dig deep in him this week because uh, someone requested me to do that here. And, uh, you know, I always love to listen to, <laughs> listen to my people. There you so go. You're gonna I, dig into digs. I'm going to dig into digs. And uh, there's just so many. I It's great that he's great, but I, I hate how many puns there are about his name because, you know, I am, I am anti-pun. Um, and excuse me, I misspoke. He's taken 41% of his snaps at, at – uh, at right wide receiver. But anyways, my point being here, uh, this guy exploded this week. He's 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 unstoppable right now. Do you guys think Sam Bradford is, is helping him out over, like, if Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback right now? More than te- – I mean, I think they're about the same. More than Sean Hill. More than yeah. Sean Hill. That's for that. sure. Uh, Teddy and Diggs were showing well in the preseason too, and right. I think I think they, they were both kind of ascending together, so it's unfortunate that Teddy's not here for this. But You know, although I will say this, though, to, to franchise's point, uh, Sam Bradford has a nicer deep ball. He does. I still thought, even with Teddy, that Diggs could prosper just because he is – You know, Harmon mentioned the variety of routes. He can still run those intermediate routes, which is where which is where Bridgewater made his living. Yeah. So one way or another, I thought Diggs he was, was, gonna, gonna rack was going to rack up yards yeah. and, and touchdowns this year. It just happens that now he has a quarterback who likes throwing the ball a little further down the field. Yeah. This isn't – remember all preseason we're talking about how the Vikings' offense was limited because Teddy Bridgewater doesn't throw touchdown passes? I think this is huge for a guy like Diggs to have Bradford in there who, like you said, can throw that deep ball. It might mean a huge year for a guy like Diggs. All right, let me run you through some of your top scores from the week. Uh, top running backs, Matt Forte, 100 rush yards, three touchdowns, 29 fantasy points. Isaiah Crowell, your number two fantasy running back right now. Oh, yeah. Just like, we, just like we all figured. Yeah, I know. 133 rush yards, one touchdown, 21 fantasy points in standard. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, 130 all-purpose, one touchdown, 19 fantasy points. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, Matt Harmon was talking about how he could be a potential top 10 fantasy running back this week. 
and it came true. He's number four right now, 123 rush yards, one touchdown, 18 fantasy points. Your top wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, tops them all, 182 receiving yards, one touchdown, 24 fantasy points. Travis Benjamin, Travis Benjamin was number two, 115 receiving yards, two touchdowns, 23 fantasy points. Kelvin Benjamin, give me all the Benjamins. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. It's all about the Benjamins, 108 and two touchdowns. Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman was number four, folks. 104 receiving yards, two touchdowns. I tell you what, if if Diggs didn't do what he did, we'd be sitting here ranting and raving about Corey Coleman as well. Uh, your top quarterbacks, Cam Newton, still good. 353 pass yards, four touchdowns, 37 rush yards. Regression, though. Regression, though, brah. Uh, 30 <laughs> fantasy points for Cam Newton. Matt Ryan. I mean, play all your quarterbacks against Oakland right now. That's yeah, the that, rule yeah. now. At Atlanta. Until further notice. Man. Until further <laughs> notice. Apparently, the additions they've made on the defensive side of the ball. Sean Smith, <laughs> not working I, out. This is, this is a funny stat, too. Uh, Scott Barrett uh, from Pro Football Focus tweeted this out, that the highest scoring fantasy receiver right now is technically whoever Sean Smith has been covering so far. And, yeah, Brandon, wow. Brandon Cooks and uh, Julio Jones, but he did because he literally added up like the yards and fantasy points that Smith has allowed, and it equaled more than Calvin Benjamin, who's actually the highest scoring fantasy wow. receiver. Uh, <laughs> so what the hell happened to Sean? I mean, he I thought he was a good player. He, he was very good, well. He was a good player. I will say there were motivation questions about him in Kansas City, and Uh-oh. then he went out and got paid, and maybe he just stopped caring. Uh-oh. Oh. I'm not like just I'm just well, Matt yep. Ryan almost 400 pass yards three touchdowns 28 uh, fantasy points uh, and to the kid who asked me about Matt Ryan on Twitter sorry my bad uh, Derek Carr <laughs> yeah sorry dude uh, Derek Carr 299 pass yards three touchdowns 25 fantasy points Tyrod Taylor on Thursday nearly 300 pass yards three touchdowns 25 rush yards as well 24 fantasy points I do wish I played him instead of Andrew Luck. Top tight ends, Greg Olson, 122 through the air. Uh, one touchdown, 18 fantasy points. Marty B, I told you all about Marty the B, black man. unicorn. Uh, Martellus Bennett, 114 receiving yards, one touchdown, 17 fantasy points. Delaney Walker, welcome back, pal. Yeah, buddy. Uh, 83 receiving yards and a touchdown, 14 fantasy points. Vance McDonald and Jacob Tammy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> They're tied at fourth. Uh, right now at fantasy tight end for this week, seventy-five receiving yards and one touchdown. The Vance McDonald thing is hilarious. He got his on one play. He got Van- his on one. Vance play. McDonald has has scored on sixty-six percent of his catches this year. That's <laughs> because he scored two touchdowns and has so three catches. That's called efficiency. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, efficiency. The Oakland defense tight end narrative is back in Continues. a big way. Yes, Jacob Tammy, Jacob. Tammy's. Jacob Tammy. That's what happens when you let a talent like Neron Ball walk. So that's your point. <laughs> I follow a few Raiders fans uh, on Twitter, and and as so the whole time the game, they were like, Neron Ball, oh my t- tight end, wide open. What well, a surprise! By by the way, does this just throw more dirt on the fantasy grave of Kobe Fleener? Yes, I was gonna. Well, I was gonna did, say he that. Didn't do anything. Every tight end except Kobe Fleener. Because <laughs> uh, if, if you want to talk about on, funny on pace stats, I saw somebody tweet out today too. Like he's on pace for 23 catches and 220 receiving yards for the season. For the season. For the season. Uh, that might be accurate, by the way. No, it is. Yeah. No, that is. No, accurate. no, no. I'm saying it might be. That might legitimately yeah, happen. And yeah, he'll still yeah. somehow have like 120 targets. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jeez. Uh, actually, not true because he's actually not getting targeted that much. Backup running backs are getting more targets. He had eight targets or something he had eight, last yeah, game. Did he in week he had, two? He had like a yeah. He had some sort of agreed to some. No, I mean they're all the pretty, way out of here. Pretty sure with John Moore cleaner for, for you know just the, so God. Stupid. God bless him. They're trying. Yeah, he had eight targets nope. this week. Two catches, twenty nine yards. He had I think four targets and one catch for six yards in in week one. So the funny thing about football is you still need to be very talented to play the game. Oh. And, I mean, listen, like, I was watching that game on Sunday, and it was not like the offensive shootout that we expected it to no, be. But at I the same know. time, like, brutal. it was like a Devontae Adams thing. I'm like, every time they throw to this guy, it's like a wasted target. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So and, many that's, drops. and that's if he's getting open, by the way. Right. Which he's not doing with any regularity. And then there was one play where they threw it, like, they threw above him, and he just kind of, like, barely jumped for it and stuck his arm. I'm like, bruh, you could – Try. <laughs> try. Uh, it try. leads us right into our Sunday reaction. Uh, I'm going to go around the horn. We're going to start with Matt Franchise. Give me one player trend, stat, whatever. What would you see on Sunday? What would you think? I am concerned about Carlos Hyde a little bit. Going to be completely honest. I wrote about him in the, my Verizon trade calls piece last week. Okay. A guy to sell high on after his week one. week one, right, um, against the Rams. He, after post post week one in his career, he has a yards per carry average of 3.2 yards, which is not good. Um, and he's got a really tough schedule coming up. He's uh, on the road at Seattle in week three. No, yep. thank you. And Puke. then a, 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 a Thursday night game against Arizona in week five, and then they play the Cardinals again in week ten. Yeah, the so division's tough. Those are, those division are games some, are tough. Yeah, those are some those not are great tough. matchups right. for the 49ers. Hyde struggled this week. Uh, you know, he, I think there was a blurb about how he wasn't happy with his own performance, obviously. But right, I just I'm not about Hyde for the rest of the season, man. If you can still trade him, try to try to move him. I think he's a flex. Yeah. Right. Matt matchup based. Right. right. Matchup based flex at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Wiz. Uh, <clears throat> Dennis Pitta is is the tight end hero we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Words I was not expecting to hear today. Well, I, we noticed that we, Harmon wrote about it, and I, I covered him in a couple of the waiver wire pieces and other stuff, but we noticed how he, how much he played, and he saw a fair amount of targets in week one, and then he came out in week two, 26.7% of the targets. Joe Flacco threw the ball at him 12 times. Pitta caught nine of them for 102 yards. Didn't get into the end zone, but... Right now, with the the tight end position just being an absolute disaster, like Vance a McDonald's, wasteland. like a top three guy off of three catches. Vance, uh, you know, let, let's let's just look here. I tweeted this out. Jared so Cook hilarious. is R.I.P. Is he not? Jack, Jack Doyle, I, not R.I.P. yet, but uh, but he's on, he's life, on support. life support. But I'm feeling like Lucy with the football right, right. now. Like probably should have seen that coming. I mean, so <laughs> um, in your top six tight ends right now are Vance McDonald, Jack Doyle, and Jacob Tammy. Now I know it's only after two weeks. But somebody like like Pitta, who has a history of being, you know, coveted by Flacco in the passing game and is seeing a healthy amount of targets so far. Yeah. He's a guy to get if he's on waivers, and I think he can be a nice little plug-and-play, safe floor uh, tight end. I don't hate it because those guys, all those guys you mentioned are just riding touchdowns right now. Yeah. When the season progresses, I mean, you know, that's going to even out with the yardage, no doubt about it. MG, yep. my guy, Marcus Grant, what's up? The one thing I have learned through two weeks is okay. that the New York Giants defense is going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah man. man. What if you, happened? If you've, got a, if you've got a running back, you really got to think about whether you're starting them against the Giants defense. I, and I think – 
They're nasty right now. Adding yeah. Damon Harrison added a completely different element to that run-stuffing unit. I mean, between him and Hankins up front, they are plugging pretty much every hole there is. Then on the outside, you've got – They've got, got jet planes out there on the outside. You've got Olivier Vernon on one side. Yeah. You've got a refreshed and motivated JPP on That's the other side. You've got a really aggressive secondary back there. This is not that same Giants defense that you were able to take advantage of for fantasy purposes for the last couple of years. That's right. This is a different group, and I, I, I sort of wanted to test that theory this past week I was really worried about Mark Ingram and I actually benched him in a couple of leagues because I was Good worried that you. he wouldn't <laughs> be able to run yeah I know that's not a big deal for you James it's not but it's I not was, a big deal uh, because he's not on any I was, on, James. I was worried that he wouldn't <laughs> perform well against the Giants front and that turned out to be the case right yeah. and so now I'm really looking forward I mean you know the next next week they have Washington I don't like Matt Jones anyway, so that's an easy sit. Of course. Uh, two weeks from now, they've got Minnesota, and I'm curious to see whether or not Adrian Peterson's going to be there because that's nope. going to be an interesting one. Won't be but back. At this point, you, I think you really have to consider whether or not you're playing your running backs against the Giants' defense. On the flip side, if the Giants' defense is out there in the league, go scoop they were them. One of my, they were one of my top streamer options Yeah, this I week. think you go scoop them up, man, because uh, they've got the kind of playmakers that can really benefit you in your lineup on a weekly basis. They play like Washington – at home I mean, in New in New Jersey uh, this week, and Kirk Cousins has been. I would absolutely say, start them. Not good. I would absolutely start them. This yeah. week. He has yeah. he's completed twenty nine percent of his passes in the red zone. He's attempted the second most that, red zone. Is that bad? Yeah. That seems bad. Which yeah. is so odd because his overall completion percentage is still, I mean, really high. It's yeah, he's thrown most of his yard his passes five feet away from no, I agree. Jameson, Jameson Crowder, Crowder yeah. Chris Thompson. Yeah, exactly. And Deshaun Jackson's starting to get a little frustrated too. Uh, there's reports about the team getting frustrated. Jordan whatever. Reed, man. Jordan Reed. What happened, brother? Yeah. Uh, Matt just... Harmon, give me a takeaway. I mean, to me, I think I think one thing that we saw happen besides more running back injuries uh, was that the Texans are emerging right now as a really fun offense to watch, yeah. and they're also emerging as a highly concentrated passing offense. So this is something I talked about a lot in the preseason, right? And I think we got to put the Texans among that group with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. That's it. Hopkins took the team lead of targets back this week, but Fuller still had seven, second most on the team. No other, no other non-Lamar Miller player has seen more than three targets in either one of the first two Texans game. Uh, Fuller and Hopkins combined for 53.4% share of the targets in week one and 54.5% this past week. So I think right now, Will Fuller is an every week starter or like if, if you can consider him as that, you know, I think that he and Diggs both took that step this past week to be, to be those kind of players. hundred percent agree. Yeah, oh. man. Yeah. Me, me too. I wanted to see Fuller do it again after the big week one. And now he did it. I just, now... I can't buy. Why? What, what is wrong mean? with you, James? We know that we know that Will Fuller is going to drop his fair share of passes. Exactly. But, but he's going to get so gonna, many targets. But he gets targeted so far down the field. Like he's his average depth of target is well over 20 right yeah, now. Yeah. He leads among oh, players that have a high average depth of target, he has the most targets, the most catches and the most yards. And I was oh, saying I this, I, James, I was where you are right now. I mean, not that long ago because I was still thinking you know, maybe Jalen Strong gets in there. Maybe yeah. Braxton nope. Miller gets in there. But nah. it's not. I mean, no, it's, it's D-Hop and it's Will Fuller, and that's it. No, I get it. I, look, I get it from a fantasy perspective. It's just watching him in a real-life setting, it's just uh, – God, the hands are so bad. But he's looked. But see, that's like I, I write about this all the time. That's like that emotional reaction that you have, that negative feeling. But yeah, 
you got to take that away from it because what he brings to the oh, table no, as know. a positive I know. greatly outweighs. Like, if he's going to drop that 180-yard, could be a touchdown. Like, I know you see that and you're like, oh, it's a real kick in the nose. But yeah. at the same time. Nose, huh? Yeah. I went, How about OBJ <laughs> dropping that one? Oh, right. That was oh, God. Bad. That, that was, was bad. Go catch that one, OBJ. And can uh, I just say DeAndre Hopkins, his second one, that, that was a catch. That was a catch. That was a catch. Sure. That's a catch. Two touchdowns. Who knows? What the heck? That's so ridiculous. Um, Monday night preview, very I, quickly. Wait, what's your what's your, what's your what, take? Dude, I've had so many takes, I don't need another take. Do I need another one? Wow. I've we, I've had too we, many takes. His we, take is are, that he has too many. Are you, we run, we are you or are you not on board with Tevin Coleman? <laughs> of course, make up, make up your mind. Of yeah, course I'm on. Make up your damn mind. First of all, I feel like this should be the this should be the the franchise and co podcast right now, right here. Mark Ingram was bad. Jonathan Stewart got hurt. Tevin Coleman coming around. Come on. I gotta come say, on, Twitter, come at me, bro. Here's a good stat on Mark Ingram that you'll appreciate. Not only this comes from Rich Rebar okay. uh, from Roto World. Not only is Mark Ingram being used less, yeah. it's only used for 50% of the snaps, but also super predictably, 81% of his rush attempts have been on first down, whereas only 62% in 15. So they're just not shocking. Using, they're not using him the same way that they did when he had such an appealing week to week four last y- week. You mean correct. when last year all of the Saints running backs died and then do they, they just, have? But the thing is, do they have any living giving, running backs? Touches really to anybody else. Travers no, Cadet's getting a few looks in the passing game, and Tim Hightower's got. I think like Travers. I, I think John Tra- Kuhn had two catches. <laughs> <laughs> They're mixing in guys to just basically yeah. eat eat at this dude's receiving workload, yes, which exactly. is not shocking because he look he had 50 catches last year. He had like 42 or 45 combined over his previous like three or four year. Come on. Yes. It's not shocking. Just another early round running back whiff. Oh boy. All right, let's get to the uh let's get to the waiver wire. Um while we still got some time here. Um uh, a fantastic piece in every week read, no doubt about it. NFL.com slash Gelhar. Um slash waivers too, you can find slash it. waivers, but man, well, I didn't want to say slash waivers because you also do the deep dive thing. That's at slash deep dive. And my God, it's Lots like of vanity earls. It's crazy how much uh data you go through to find some of these guys, which is great. Um so it's a it's a strong recommendation. There's no doubt about it. NFL.com slash or NFL.com uh, slash waivers or NFL.com slash deep dive. But like I said, NFL.com slash Gelhar will get to you. We'll get you to all of those uh, fantastic pieces. He's got a little something, something uh, for anyone in any kind of league, shallow, deep. It don't matter. He's got you covered. All right, Gelhar, walk me through some of the guys that we haven't already talked about. Yeah, well, Quincy Noon was a good one. We talked about him a little bit on the Friday podcast after he had another good game on Thursday. But the Jets are running a lot of three wide receiver sets. And, Harmon, I know you were looking at his positional alignment. He's lining up in the slot or tight to the line a lot, almost kind of like a hybrid tight end, which gives them three massive targets. And I think especially with Decker and Marshall being the threats they are, Noon was going to find space to eat and get a lot of receptions and work in this offense. And they're both banged up, too. Yeah, that's right. So. They're both us awesome, 100%. Yeah. Uh, it was good to see Tyrell Williams come in for the Chargers. We talked about him a little bit, but he's a guy that should definitely be added in more leagues. Hell yeah. I think, well, we were talking about Pitta, as I mentioned him as the, the hero at the tight end position we deserve. Eric Ebron's a guy that needs to be owned in more leagues, too. Okay. He had a, a touchdown call back this past week, too. Would have had one in, ba- in back-to-back weeks on a really – Really ticky tack OPI uh, call. It was a bad how, call. That's how, a bad call. Many, it was. What's his ownership percent? Twenty seven point five percent of NFL.com leagues right now. It was like seven a week <laughs> ago. Yeah, it was. It's he's climbing, but uh, he's climbing. you know there were everybody bought. I, I don't even. Guys. I don't. I don't think it's over fifty percent even on the other side, guy. So no, I mean, it's because I mean let's not well, forget he was. Let's not forget players. he was. Uh, <laughs> he was questionable coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a good right. point. I'm being rude. I'm. We have to overcorrect now. I'm sorry. Actually, what we need is a. Doesn't matter for fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a 
lot of the guys we oh, talked God. about, Sims, Wallace, good ads. Yeah. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is an interesting uh, streaming choice this week. He's, okay. He's going on the road against the Chiefs, but their pass defense has been a little bit suspect so far. If Sims right. is on waivers in your league, leave that league. <laughs> and you're an idiot, too. Sims? Yeah, Charles Sims. There's no way he should be on waivers in your yeah. league. No. Yeah. Well, in a more casual league, I no. can see no. how he would be available no. in a 10-team league. No. People, people, especially on this site, are super reactionary. Like, Jalen Richard was one of the most added people last week simply because he scored a long touchdown. But he had a good week one. He scored a touchdown. But no, I mean, he like Sims had a good week one. Oh yes. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm just saying people are rea- are super right. reactionary, so they might have done something in in that regard. Oh, but there he is. can I ask you about Victor Cruz? Sure. Let's talk about Victor Cruz. Is he uh, is he worth an ad? I mean, oh, he yeah. was getting looks, man. Hundred yeah. percent. No team has playing wa- three wide receiver sets more than the Giants. They've had it on 123 of their plays run this year. That's by far the most in the NFL. So I just got done stroking my own ego about all these NFC South running backs, but uh, let me tell you something. Uh, whiffed badly on Victor Cruz. I thought he was dead. Oh, we all did. We all did. <laughs> I thought, well, and quite frankly, every indication <laughs> well, out of camp was was that way. He was dead. Yeah. Somebody even said like, if this wasn't Victor Cruz, he would be cut. Yeah. So, like that's how bad he looked. So, but he's looked good. Oh, he's and, yeah, he's and he has a solid role. In this getting offense. over six targets and sixty yards per game so far. Yeah. He, you know, he might have his down games because it is a three headed attack, and if right. Shepard and Beckham both go off, then he'll suffer. But He's a guy that you can probably trot out there as a worst a weekly flex. Yeah, in a deeper league, I think he's a weekly flex option. Uh, a deeper PPR league, 100%. Yeah. I, I don't mind it because if he scores that touchdown, go get it. Go Absolutely. get it, Victor Cruz. All right, um, I do want you guys, though, to um, – we talk about waivers all the time, but here's the thing about waivers, though. There's waiver priorities. Yeah. Not everyone's got the number one or whatever it might be, but I'd love for you guys to kind of very quickly give me your waiver priorities, one through three – um, and we'll kind of ignore the Sims and the Tevin Coleman's of the world. Can we ignore McKinnon too? Because I feel like he should be owned. He's not owned in. He's many not owned in a lot of leagues. I mean, it's, that's the thing. Well, and again, it's the case where like we all talk about him all off season, but then he goes out there and he has one touch in week right. one. That's and right. People, people jump ship. All right. All right. So fine. here we go. Uh, you, you see the list in front of you, gentlemen. Uh, give me a waiver priority one through three. We'll start with Matt Harmon. Well, McKinnon would be one okay. uh, of these guys on the list. And I think Dwayne Washington would be two. Okay. Um, and then of these guys that you have here, I would say Tyrell Williams would be number three because I think he has the, the speculative upside. I think you know what you're going to get from Victor Cruz if you're looking at wide receivers. Um, but And none of these running backs really interest me that much. Fozzie, Cappy, Kenyon, Drake. I, it wouldn't Asia. surprise me if they end up giving you some usable production, but – I mean, to me, yeah, I don't know. But uh, if Anun was still out there, he would be my number one pick out of all these guys. Okay. So uh, over Tyrell Williams. So I would say I would, but I still think that you should go after because I mean, maybe this is just me because again, that's how I build my teams: wide receiver heavy. Like I'm chasing running backs all year, and that doesn't seem to be such a bad idea right now. Um, I would go after McKinnon for sure, and yeah. then Dwayne Washington. Okay, there you go, MG. Uh, I would start with Jarek McKinnon. Yep. Uh, I, I just think in that backfield, he is the more talented of the two running backs that okay. look to get some, some attention. Um, I would probably go Victor Cruz second. Okay. And I would go Tyrell Williams third. It's funny, watching Tyrell Williams, I think you know, he's the guy who is ex- super explosive and can be a big play guy. I mean, we saw it on Sunday. He can be a big play guy. Yeah. And not to compare them skill set wise but it's sort of that feeling we had when David Johnson first popped last year where he got on the field and he would make these huge plays and you're like 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of how I feel watching Tyrell Williams. But like on a on a play to play or game to game basis, you're not going to see a lot from him. But when he pops, God, it feels like man. Malcolm Floyd out there. Really, honestly, in that San Diego Uni, a little bit size, he, and speed, combo. right? He's size. He's got speed. He's just it's like with, when he gets the ball in his hands, just watch out because he can go to the house anytime. I agree with that. Wiz, Wiz what's up? Uh, I think McKinnon number one, obviously. I okay. think I'm with Harmon. I would like to go Dwayne Washington number two, okay. and then Tyrell Typical. Williams number three. Very funny, but uh, Williams, especially <laughs> because, my take, especially man. with Abdul, you went first. <laughs> Semantics. Uh, <laughs> with Abdullah going to see that specialist and knowing that that offense also got more efficient running the ball with Jim Bob Cooter under there, it yeah. just it seems like a it seems like a good fit, especially in a high profile offense, and then. Okay. I, I like Williams' upside over Cruz's more, especially because yeah. he seems to be slotting in as the number two option there, whereas Cruz is in, as we mentioned, that part of that three-headed committee. All right, franchise, hit me. Uh, all right, I'm sad that Amir Abdullah is hurt. He looked so good yesterday before he went down. Yeah, um, he's looked good though, all this year. But in terms of these waiver wire guys, I kind of like Tyrell Williams as my number one guy. Okay. I don't want anything to do with the Dolphins running backs. They can be tossed out of this. I mean, if Victor Cruz is available, add him for sure. Okay. Um, and then I guess McKinnon after that. So All right. I guess I favor the wide receivers over the running backs. So you would rather go Tyrell Williams, Victor Cruz, then Jarek McKinnon? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, I think Jarek McKinnon there for me too. I, I've been just touting him too too long and too hard to, to not say. Yeah, you don't want to pull a Tevin Coleman. I just think they're going to use <laughs> – I just think they're going to use Asiata, and it's going to be so no, frustrating. Don't give each other high fives. <laughs> well – all right. Uh, we got MJ and, and Harmon over here giving each other high fives. Hey, when you get roasted, you got to give your buddy uh, a high five. All right, listen. Let me go with Jarek McKinnon. And, and actually, I'm going to I'm gonna stake up here for, for Cappy. I think I got Cappy number two. Um, I think he's going to have a role in this offense. I like the offseason reports I've heard of Cameron Artis Payne. I'll take him too. And I'm with you guys. I, I love Ty, the, the upside of Tyrell Williams, man. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh in that offense, they're going to throw. They have to throw. Um, he's tied to a pretty good quarterback there in Phillip Rivers. That's that's the thing that we kind of gloss over all the time is Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Good player, man. His, his top two pass catchers went down in week one and week two, and that was Keenan Allen and Danny Woodhead. So and why he's not? still finding a way to why get not still add a pass catcher. I know. Yeah. I, I like it. He, he He's still – very underrated. Oh yeah. Uh, from not just a fantasy perspective, but in the real life. I know. I, f- I feel like Philip Rivers is going to retire, and everybody's like just literally going to forget his career ever happened because he's probably never going to win a Super Bowl or right. whatever. And it's unfortunate because he's, he's been awesome. A very good player. All right, daily dap time, and let's get out. Oh, extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hugs. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dapping up, daps about daps. Daps and hugs. Uh, the oh god you heard right before the sounder <laughs> that was I always forget about this segment. Oh god, we do it every show. I know, I forget. Uh, I'm like all the other the listeners that hate it. Oh. I tune out. <laughs> I'm like the listeners that hate. It. Yeah, you get on Facebook. I know exactly. I do. Oh, no, screw Facebook. What are you talking about, <laughs> dude? I hate Facebook. Oh, yeah, because when you start stalking that ex girl and whatever, whatever, start getting. <laughs> <laughs> See that's how that's would how. Like, would you like some some lotion for that burn? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, this is a. Let's start with the franchise. Give me a daily dap. 
I'm going to daily. There's a lot of new music coming out these days because it's fall. True. All these uh, artists release It's the albums. season. They release albums for the holiday season. That's sales. right. Sales. Wow, shock. Franchise is going to dab music. Huh? So I'm going to dab the, uh, new, <laughs> the new Dawes album called We're All Going to Die. I know Harmon's a fan of this band. Oh, dude, it is dope, though. Oh, now this he's al- on board with this, oh, okay. Well, now we're talking about something I like. This, this, and we're not talking about comic books and crap like that. I'm so <laughs> into this. This album is awesome. Okay. I, I listen. I think they have three or four full-length albums out um i'm not sure what this is the fourth maybe okay but of their catalog this is my favorite so this far. is your favorite one and i've only listened to it like twice I don't know the guy that. who produced it's only 29 years old what yeah Good and he's also that. producing jim james's solo record which is coming out i think in november um and think, I'm a big fan of my morning jacket as well. I think so. we should take the next 10 minutes to debate uh, this on the podcast. Uh, we Let's shall not. No. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, Daily Dap. What uh, if I wasn't done? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you guys were so- I was done. I was oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you okay. know what? I, I want a Daily Dap. I, I want a Daily Dap LA and all the football fans in the city of Los Angeles who okay. came out big. And I, I am not a Rams fan. I mean, growing up as a 49er fan, there was yeah. a rivalry there with the Rams for so many years. Twas, yeah. But after 22 years of being away, it was it was exciting to see the Coliseum filled and and the excitement there. And People were pumped, dude. They were pumped. There was a lot of blue and yellow in the stands and. Hey, look! You know they got the Red Hot Chili Peppers to show up for pregame. <laughs> it was uh, it was a big big deal. And, and so those was, throwback unis were nice. It was very it was very nice and very exciting. And honestly, I had always said that I would not believe pro football was back in Los Angeles until they actually kicked off a home game on a Sunday. And so it happened. So it happened. L.A. officially has a professional football team. And so can we apps to everybody who showed up there and everybody who uh, you know came out to support the Rams. I'm not a Rams fan, but good for you. Good they, for you. Good for you. <laughs> the it's unfortunate LA, they don't have a professional offense. But, and they, uh, they still haven't. <laughs> the L.A. Rams still have not scored a touchdown in Since like, Christmas Eve of se- 1994. 7,940 days. You're saying the counting. L.A. Rams. Yes. The L.A. Rams. Rams as we got L.A. Rams. We, we got that email, uh, that stat in an email today. Oh, okay, and it was just great. like the saddest email. What's the, how many days? What's the What's the 7,940. I think the email came around so that it could be fact-checked. Don't hold me to that. But. That's a lot of oh. days without oh, okay. a touchdown. Oh, okay, great. Definitely over seven. <laughs> Perfect. That's good. WizKid, what's up? Uh, I'm going to dap. Uh, I didn't watch the Emmys last night because Sunday Night Football was on and was working on all those waiver wire articles afterwards. Did our guy win? Who's our guy? Akbar. Oh, I don't know about that, but I wanted to daily dap Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Because not only did it take home best drama series uh, after one of uh, a fantastic season, yeah. but it is now the most uh winning scripted series in Emmy history with that 30, right? with 38 wins. Thanks yeah. to in large part I think a lot of the technical awards that it gets every year. Yeah. But that's cool just because there's we might not ever see anything like Game of Thrones at the scale that it is on television again. So okay. I think it's pretty cool that all those guys got together, the guys and girls that, that direct it and shoot it and write it and everything and act in it and put together something unprecedented on television that we we all most of it all well, except for you all here enjoy. Hey, listen, and listen, uh, I enjoyed the first 3 to. seasons. Enjoyed the first three seasons. I've never said I didn't. I think it's a fabulous show. I just don't want to get kicked in the nuts over and over again. But yeah, it won for That's best for uh, best casting, production design, and best drama series this year. And I mean, you could have given it the award after those last two episodes alone. I think with the the Battle of the Bastards and then the one where Cersei went went ham on everybody. But spoiler uh, alert: What's up with that, dude? Oh, pff, no, you haven't watched it yet. That's your own uh, damn yeah. fault. Were all right. the running backs in that building. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> we 
we should just sign off now. <laughs> that's, that's my dad, James. That's the walk-off. Oh, my God. Matt Harmon, what's up? I mean, I'm full on crabs after that, <laughs> after that moment. I don't know what to say. Uh, no, I'm going to I'm gonna give a daily daps to something that Gellar and I use all the time. It's the mistake truck. Yes. Listen. It's the mistake truck. So the mistake truck is a burrito truck that's about a, a stone's throw from our apartment. It's too close. Oh, dangerous. It's, it's dangerously close because you can get a burrito for six bucks. It's like as big as, well, not my forearm, but maybe your forearm, James. Oh, wow. Um, God. How, how late does it stay open? Oh, it's like, open all, all night. night. So all they get night? so normally they get there at like ten thirty, and I think they close at like four or something. Oh, so they're targeting the late night crowd, obviously. Oh. But life hack though, okay. uh, in case you're ever hanging it's around stalking, stalking Westwood my apartment, and Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, in case you're ever on the corner of Westwood and <laughs> Santa Monica Boulevard and, and near the mistake truck, uh, the the uh, the burritos are better in the morning because like they're just putting more effort into them. I think because like at late night they're like, oh, these guys are drunk. Nobody, yeah. yeah, they're all messed up. They give them any crap, you know that you want. They won't remember yeah. it because I've had because I've done that and 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 had the burrito. But like, you know, it's not as good as in the morning. So normally, <laughs> wait, by wh- when you say morning, are you saying like three thirty a.m.? No, 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 like ten thirty like, in the morning. Like, oh. we'll, wake up, we'll wake up and like and fast until oh. like ten thirty and go get mistakes. Yeah, so I, so, so I thought we'll, you meant yeah. they open at ten thirty p.m. No, no, right. no, 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 no. So like, yeah, oh. they open at like ten thirty a.m. and then they're okay. open all day. Until like three thirty a.m. Got it. Oh my god. Or four thirty. I've seen them out there like four. Jeez. I don't know, but but yeah. So my point is, like, those later night burritos. The later the night gets, the worse the burritos get. But in the morning, go there when you're hungover, not when you're drunk. Ah, uh, uh, okay. I got you. Life hack. All right. Yeah, that's I a li- like that's it. a life hack for you. Uh, All right. Gelhar and I are there often, so I'm gonna daily dap them. Uh, we've spent an outrageous amount of money there. <laughs> And it's called a mistake truck because it's like you know you shouldn't do it, but it's but right. Well, as so frequently, good. As, frequently as we do, that's why. Well, it's like it's basically like, a weekly thing. Like, oh, so it's good. Saturday. We drank too much on Friday. But give me that mistake truck. Oh yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. Uh, I like that a little too much, dude. You have no idea how much I like burritos. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, it's yeah, which is why I look the way I do. Um, you look good. Stop. All right, pretty good. <laughs> Can we please move on? Uh, my very quick daily dap, and then we're out of here. Uh, hey, go Bears. The Cal Bears at home beat number 11th-ranked Texas. Second year in a row we beat Texas. Uh, horn down. Sorry for you Texas fans out there, but whatever. <laughs> hey, let me, ce- here's the, let me celebrate Cal's one of their three wins that they're going to have this year. You're allowed. You're allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed. Permission granted. All right. Thank you very much. We're probably going to get our doors kicked in this weekend, but that's okay. Whatever. Who cares? I'm, I'm just high off the glow of, of, of upsetting the number 11 team in the nation in what was an ex- extremely exciting game. Um, and, and Weary needs to hold on to that ball before he goes into the end zone, please. Thank you very much. Would appreciate that. I don't. Wh- by the way, what's going on in college football? That was like the third one in two weeks where the guy doesn't hold on to the football before crossing into the end zone. I didn't. I thought once Deshaun Jackson did that. Well, I see. I feel like for Cal, I mean, he's the inspiration. Uh, exactly. I, which I okay, that's fine. But <laughs> I mean, hold on to the ball. It, it can't be that hard. It just can't be. It's not that. By the way, it's not that cool. When you go into the end zone without the ball, I just, I don't get it. It's not that cool. Come up with a cool dance or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Anyways, that's the show. Uh, we appreciate you listening for the franchise, for Gelhar, for MG, my guy, Marcus Trent, and Matt Harmon. I'm James Coe. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.